You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 284. That's right, on the show today, I am talking to one of the OGs of the synth wave scene, 80s Stallone. That's right, this dude was there at the beginning, back in the days when it was just Miami Nights and uh, Laser Hawk and the Valerie Collective and all these, and I had a lot of fun chatting with 80s Stallone, as you will hear coming up later in the show but first like always we have lots of awesome music to listen to first uh i gotta thank the awesome patrons i got some stuff to talk about and we are gonna do that so let's hop right into the show we got a new one here from vincenzo salvia that's right he put out a little ep called souvenir and vincenzo is awesome it's always nice to hear lovely music from vincenzo and i think you'll dig this one this is the titular souvenir track from the ep souvenir it's brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters the kings of the pattersons there's my favorite hacker mike shima robert d bishop collecting souls and chris magic dance no is that how i say it Dance Magic Chris Dance. That's right. Fuck, I fucked it up. Anyway, look, the point is this. You guys are all awesome. Let's listen to this. This is Vincenzo Selvia with Souvenir.
right, and that was Souvenir by Vincenzo Salvia, one of my favorite people in the scene. I haven't talked to him in a long time, it seems, right? When was the last time he was on the show? Was it the episode he did with Powder Slut? Is that the last time he's been on here? Perhaps we're due to catch up with Vincenzo Salvia. And of course, that song was brought to you by a new patron this week. This one confused the hell out of me because I got the notification and it was like, you have a 219 NOK donor. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Anyways, it turns out that NOK is Norwegian currency and 219 puts this person in the $25 club, although it technically translates to be 2619. So I don't know if that's a magical number uh, for this person and i apologize thank you so much for supporting the show this is the part of the (laughs) this is the part of the program where i fuck up your name because (laughs) it's long and it's norwegian so i'm gonna try this knut emil johannesson lee is that how you say your name it's k-n-u-t part of me wants to silence the k and say newt like it's newt emil johannesson lee like that Johannesson Lee Emil Emil When I put it into the machine to pronounce it They pronounced the K and said Knut Knut Emil Johannesson Lee That's how the machine said it Anyway look the point is this You probably don't even recognize me saying your name right now Because I'm fucking it up so bad But thank you so much (laughs) For supporting the show And uh, please write me a letter On Patreon And tell me how to properly pronounce your name In fact send me an audio clip Of you saying it Don't just write it out phonetically Because that's a whole other problem Or else I'm going to keep on calling you Knut Emil Johannesson Lee You know, and it turns out it's like You don't even pronounce it It's uh, pronounced, you know, Carl or something And I'll be like, oh shit The point is, you're cool Thank you so much for supporting the show Now I see leaked rumblings online That a Switch Pro is coming Nintendo Switch Pro. You gonna get that? It's gonna have a nice OLED screen, apparently. It's so weird. Like, I like getting new tech. Like, it always feels fun and exciting. But ever since I got, you know, the next-gen consoles, I haven't really been playing my Nintendo much. Although, if the new Zelda comes out, then I will be playing the Nintendo a lot. I feel like I'm uh, a few days away from beating Mass Effect 1. I've been doing all the side quests. You know, actually, something weird... When I played Mass Effect the first time, again, this is only for people who played Mass Effect. They're the only people who are going to understand this. There are some decisions you make, and some of those decisions result in characters on your team dying as part of the story. And there's one point where you have to choose between there's a guy on your team called Caden and there's a girl called Ashley Williams. And a long time ago, I made... I didn't know at the time I was making the choice I was making, but the choice I made, it ended up being that I saved Ashley, and then Caden stays behind and, like, arms this bomb, and then it blows up, and it was all dramatic. And so this time, the playthrough, I'm like, I'm going to do things a little differently this time. I'm going to save Caden, and then have Ashley sacrifice herself. And then I did that, and it was really anticlimactic. Like, I thought, for some reason in my head, I remember the Caden one being really dramatic, like he stays behind with a bomb and it was like an episode of 24 you know like where there's a character who sacrifices himself and it plays dramatic music and like she just kind of died off screen it was just like you're just talking to her on the radio and like okay you know we're not gonna get out of here and then like that was it and then just showed the shot of the planet like with the explosion from space and it was like what like she didn't even have like a close-up or anything like i don't know 
So now I'm second-guessing the decision because it really wasn't that dramatic. Anyway, look, that's neither here nor there. Switch Pro, we'll talk about it more when they officially announce it, but it's a rumor. Ooh, rumors. So look, let's listen to another track. We will listen to this one from Rosen Twig. I like this one. It's got like a nice sort of like dreamy vibe, and there's some beats in there. You know, I... Uh, <laughs> I like vibes and beats. Uh, this one's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, there's Jose Arbello, the king of hell, Mike Erdahl, the donation of the beast plus 50, and Tim Carlton, the golden boner. All right. Now, let's uh, let's check this out. This is Mind Palace by Rosentwig.
And that was Rosen Twig with the track Mind Palace. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, my semi-sonic friend Jacob Wick, the coolest guy in town, City Hunter, and Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club. Hope you guys dug that track by Rosen Twig. Of course, we'll be chatting with 80s Stallone later in the show. And what else happened? There's been a lot of, like, video game things. Oh, they released the Far Cry 6 trailer. You know I love Far Cry games, and uh, this one looks fun. I love all the Far Cry games, even though the stories of all those games kind of annoy me. I mean, we've probably talked about this before. Like, they always feature these villains who pontificate for too long about their weird, stupid worldview. It's like the people who produced the Far Cry games loved, like, the Joker in The Dark Knight. And so every game you play, there's always this stupid villain who, like, walks up and speaks really close to your face and then just always has these stupid long speeches about their worldview and and then you keep getting kidnapped. That's another one. Like, the last Far Cry game played really well. It just had this super depressing ending. But then it was also broken up with a lot of getting kidnapped and having to escape being kidnapped. I feel like it happened 12 times. I could be wrong. I should look back into that. But yeah, Far Cry 5, like, I love the way Far Cry games play. They look great. I love the open world stuff. I mean, I even replayed Far Cry 3, like, last year. Like, just I just like playing Far Cry games a lot. But I never like the stupid stories. I wish they would just take the Far Cry engine. Kind of like what they did with uh, Blood Dragon, you know, where they just take the open world engine and the way the game works and then just apply, like, a different thing to it. I would love a game like Far Cry where it's the same thing, you know, you're in a big open space that's got like islands and palm trees and little cities and all these different uh, environments, but then make it like James Bond, like your espionage spy kind of person. That's the game I want to play. But in the meantime, I mean, Far Cry 6 looks fun. They're always fun. Like, even when the story's stupid, they're always fun to play. And this one looks like it's got a bunch of, like, wacky weapons and stuff. And it looks like the location is nice looking. And it's got Gus Fring as the bad guy. So that's cool, right? Everyone loves Gus Fring. What's his name in Star Wars? I forgot his character name in Star Wars. He put a knife to Baby Yoda's neck, man, and then he tried to shoot him. Anyway, what am I doing? Let's listen to uh, some more music. I got a track here from Jupiter 8 from the album Sunset City and uh, and this is a nice one it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters uh, in the $25 club we got Clint Dowling A Star Apart Alex Selickson Blake Peterson and Eurobeat Intensifies this is Memories Montage by Jupiter 8 
All right, and that was Jupiter 8 with the track Memories Montage. And that was brought to you by my awesome PayPals. And we actually have a new PayPal this week. Felix Bors- Borselman. Is that how you say that? Felix Borselman? Borselman. Felix Borselman. He says, uh, discovered your show on my birthday, and it's absolutely awesome. Many greetings from Germany. Well, hey, Germany. Uh, hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm addressing the whole country now. Uh, I'm addressing you specifically, though, Mr. Felix Borselman. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, a new PayPal here, and I guess we'll take this opportunity to thank all the PayPals, like Upgrade Jimpy, the king of the PayPals. And then we got Austin Whetstone, the Ross Conian, Brandon Morin, Ross Bruce, Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, of course, Felix Borselman. We just talked about him earlier. He's a cool guy, all the way from Germany. And of course, Russell Nyes, Dan Williams, Timothy Warwick, Jimmy Groon, Christian Beeler, and Jersey. You guys are the best. So did y'all watch that Friends reunion? <laughs> It's really weird because now I'm, I'm meeting a whole bunch of people who openly like Friends. I mean, I know it was a popular show. It's just weird. Like, when I was growing up, I just remember, like, people didn't really like Friends, right? Like, I mean, I know, maybe I'm just talking about it in my own friend group, but it was like, I watched Friends because Friends came before Seinfeld. You know what I mean? So, like, I tolerated Friends. I'll be honest with you. There are some episodes of Friends that have made me laugh. So, it's, it's I don't have, like, the same contempt for Friends like I do uh, Big Bang Theory or something. Like, I remember even when I was younger, I was like, you know, Chandler's funny. And, you know, like, so there's characters I, I didn't mind on the show and I did watch it. I mean, I feel like Friends is one of those shows that, like, I've seen every episode of, but... I don't really love the show, but yet I've seen all of them. But lately, especially like with the reunion, I, everyone I see tweeting is just, everyone's always just like, oh, friends. And I can't tell if some people are doing that thing, like they're pretending they like friends more because people keep on writing these articles about how like this new generation of people is like watching episodes of friends and they find it really offensive. And so they're jumping to the defense of friends because it's like, oh, these young people trying to cancel friends or whatever. And I can't tell because I remember finding friends really cheesy, you know, like it's always full of all sentimental stuff. That's why I loved Seinfeld because it was like the opposite of that. Anyway, whatever. I watched some of it. The, the friends reunion seemed really sort of contrived and cheesy as well. There's like those things where like James Corden is like asking them questions but it all feels really like rehearsed and uh, I don't I don't care for that. I don't know why people can't just have just normal conversation like podcasts right now. I mean not this one but like you know podcasts are huge. And a lot of the time it's just now that all these famous people are jumping on board starting podcasts, it's like just famous people talking with their friends and you're just sitting in on a conversation. And it's really interesting. Yet when they do these like this reunion show and they make it so staged and phony and it's like, you know, people would have been happy if there was like no production value, like literally just all the friends went to Jennifer Aniston's house for dinner and then just hit record and they just set up like a bunch of cameras around a table and they just talk for three hours and like had wine and dinner and then just reminisced about the old days you know like people would have liked that just as much i mean i probably would have found that more interesting i know like the moments that i sort of peeked in because my wife was watching it so i just sort of like walked in and i know like at one point it's like and gunther couldn't be here but here he is on video and like gunther literally shows up and says like hi it was the best time of my life and then leaves and like what the hell is this like okay gunther 
<laughs> Stupid. All right, look, let's listen to some more music. Uh, I want to listen to this one from Level Minus One, which is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Honeybeer, Jimmy the Hut, John Masari, and Johnny Five. And uh, this is Level Minus One with The Interceptor. And that was The Interceptor by Level Minus One from the album VR Apocalypse. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Awesome people like Kempson, Ken Giroux, Mr. Magoo Samurai, Neverman, Newmark, Restless Nights, and Techno Ben. And uh, I guess we can do birthdays real quick. Uh, 
but I don't know why I played all the jingle because there's only one. And this time it's a, it's an awesome synthwave artist. And hey, we just mentioned uh, Honeybeard. So here we go. It's Gaz's birthday. Do you say they call him Gaz because it's like short for Gary? I always find Gaz to be a weird nickname. I want to call him Gary. Are you allowed to just call people whatever the hell you want? Anyway, happy birthday, Gaz. His birthday is next week, the first week of June. That's right. Technically, your birthday probably falls right in where I could have probably announced it next week as well. The point is this. Uh, Gaz is a cool guy. Of course, you know uh, the cool music of Honeybeard. And, of course, I've had Honeybeard on the show before. You can check that out. But he's also kind enough to voice the role of Nibbles McIreland, the rat on Andy's spaceship. And speaking of which, he's supposed to record some lines for me. I just remembered that. I've been very busy this week. I've been recording a ton of interviews that are going to carry us all the way through the summer. So we've got lots of fun shows planned. Of course, we got uh, 80 Stallone coming up in just a bit. And so it's going to be a good time. So anyways, happy birthday, Gaz. Keep on making cool music and keep on voicing the rat puppet (laughs) for my show. That's all that matters to me. Oh, and I'll tell you this, man. I have watched the trailer for Green Knight a hundred times. I love this trailer. Every year, there's always like one or two trailers that I just watch on repeat because I just love the style of them and the music and all that stuff. And this year, it is the trailer for The Green Knight. I have no idea how the movie's gonna be. Again, trailers are always very deceiving and so, you know, they might make this like trailer seem very epic and then the movie He's just like some weird dreamlike vibe or something, and it's totally not like the trailer, but the trailer is awesome. So go see the trailer for Green Knight. It's like a fantasy movie, but it's made by that company that makes like weird horror films. So obviously there's probably going to be something really weird about the film, because like I doubt that company is going to just make a straightforward fantasy film, so I bet you it's got like a weird vibe and probably some like fucked up adult themes and stuff like that. But it's a great trailer, so go do it. And, uh, and how about this? Let's listen to one more track, and then we'll go chat with 80 Stallone. So I want to listen to this one from Absinthe, which is brought to you by my awesome Patreon. Patreon supporters, we got Forged in Neon with the 2049. In the $20 Club, we got Joshua Winter and Chatterack. In the 1988 Club, we got Waylon Kasky Geospatial with the 1986 Squirts Fizzlebottom. And in the 1985 Club, the Buchelman Twins. Fraternal? They're fraternal, right? Yeah, fraternal twins. Oh, wait, no. Or did we have that conversation and it turned out they were identical? No, they're not identical twins. They're fraternal twins, damn it. Anyway, the Buchelman sisters, Sarah and Rachel. So thank you very much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this song by Absinthe called Skyscrapers.
Alright, and that was Skyscrapers by Absinthe from the album Retropolis. Retro... Retropolis. 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 <laughs> I was trying out different pronunciations to see which one would stick. And of course, I was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Gene Creamer, Private Eye, with the 1555. In the $15 Club, we got Hampus ML and Prophet of Jupiter. In the 1313 Club, we got Mads, Baron Christensen, and Skywolf. And of course, there's Retro Serenade, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And now, let us go to my conversation with the awesome 80s Stallone. All right. Well, look, I am here right now with 80s Stallone. How's it going, man? Good, good. What do I refer to you as? Like Prince Andrew the last or what? The first? <laughs> And what, what, you said you need to seal my passwords now. I'll send them over to you. Don't well, worry. We, were, we weren't recording when I asked you for those. <laughs> These are the secret business deals that go on before I start recording the show. Is Yeah, thanks for the briefcase full of, like, dollar bills and that. That's the way we roll. Yeah, unfortunately, they're Canadian, so it ends up being a bit a little less in the, in pounds. Uh, don't worry. The pound's gone to shit, mate. You know what I mean? Well, then maybe it's the same as the Canadian dollar. Yeah, we're getting to currencies and that cryptocurrencies, yeah? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't fucking understand crypto at all even when people explain it to me i don't get it so look nah. the point is this your name is chris money don't exist man what money don't even exist somewhere by yeah that's true what does exist however is the cool music of 80s stallone who i am speaking with right now aka chris yes yes so look, man, you're one of the OGs of the scene. You were, you've been around for a very long time. I'd, I prefer to call myself a pensioner of Synthwave, you know what I mean? <laughs> OAP, rather than OG. Yeah, more like an OAP. Are you getting any good residual checks or what? No, jack shit, mate. Jack shit, you know? That's, like, that's how it is, isn't it? YouTube's got it all, I think, or someone like that. Spotify. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to get... We, we just started recording, so we got to get started. I do it for the love, not the money. You know what it's like. I don't know. I have a, I have a black heart. Yeah. No, the A-team, they never accepted no money. They done all, all, all his favours. Do you know what I mean? I'm like the A-team. <laughs> you know what I love? I love that your band camp, it's called 80 Stallone, but the but the fucking picture is of Charlie Sheen from Hot Shots Part 2. No, no, that's, that's a Stallone, isn't it? That's what I thought it was. <laughs> that is Stallone to me, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It just struck me the other day because oftentimes with the internet, I just take everything at sort of face value and I never really think too hard about it before I move on to the next thing. And then just it just hit me as I was listening to your music like... It's a fucking picture of Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I just, I don't know. It just made me laugh. Yeah, it's good. I've, I've not even seen that. I think I've seen bits of it. The other day, my wife was watching Hot Shots Part 2, and it's one of those movies that I saw when I was young. Yeah. And I think I thought was funny, but it has aged like shit. Yeah. Those kind of comedies don't age particularly well. Yeah, but you've got to watch them from the side, you know what I mean? You always watch things sideways and just see the other comedy in it. That's the way I roll with it. Yeah. That's what I do with a Stallone films. I'm not even a mega fan, really. I just chose it, like... Wait, so, like, was it just, like, a random thing, then? Well, I used to play, like, the Rocky games on the Sega, on the Master System and the uh, Rambo ones. 
So I sort of like thought of that and I thought, yeah, I hated Stallone when I was growing up. I, I liked it when I was young. I liked all the films. Then I grew out of it. You know, like when you're a teenager and you get moody and that. <laughs> and then I just sort of see the comedy in it later on. So I says, yeah, I hate you, Stallone. That's me, like. Well, so when you went through your moody teenager phase, then what did you uh, like during that period? Punk rock and like metal and stuff. I was in bands and that before I'd done all this electronic stuff. So yeah, I played bass guitar for years. So I thought I was cool, like, trying to make it big in bands and that, you know? But yeah, that never happens. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Let's get back to reality sort of thing. How many bands were you in? All all different ones over the years. I I fill in in a few other bands and that, just help piss about. You know what it's like as well? These bands break up and that. So in the end, that's when I just started doing stuff solo. So when did you actually start making music? I mean, the fucking 80 Stallone project. Like, when did that happen? Oh, that's probably like 2005, 2006, something like that. Just messing around. And then, yeah, under a different name as well, I think. I just pissed around. And then eventually it sort of got picked up on a little bit. And I thought, yeah, this is better than being in bands and that and trying to get signed. And people always fall out. And you're traveling like miles to play like a 10 minute set, a hardcore punk set. It's like, this ain't worth it, mate. Yeah, but then you might get like a bottle thrown at your head and stuff. That's fun, right? Yeah, that happens. That happened, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Play with it, face. But that's, that's, I used to just stand at the back and they're all smashing about and like smashing into each other and now. I said, this ain't for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go back to the studio sort of thing. But yeah, I used to mess about with tapes when I was a kid, always recording stuff. I'm more of like a record collector, really. I've been collecting records since I was young. And then I started collecting hardware. And drum machines. I got a drum machine like when I was probably like 15, 16. Someone gave it to me. They see I knew how to use it. Because them things were hard to use back then. These little sequencers and things like that, people would just give them to me. Yeah, yeah. Dad's mates and that and say, I'll work this out. And I used to be able to work them out like quite quick and that. So then I kept all that stuff over the years. But yeah, it was playing in bands mainly. And then you, you got access to studios and stuff. You see now it's all working and that. Back in the days before they were recording to computers, you know? Yeah. It's all on tape and that. It's good, good laugh. The majority of people I've had on the show, a lot of them are all people who sort of joined the synthwave scene around like the drive time and afterwards, you know, like a lot of people who are, who have been inspired by the synthwave sound, which artists like yourself and a few others sort of pioneered, you know, in the mid 2000s, you know, like this. So what did you call what you were making? You know, even before, like, the Hotline album, when you just had, like, a bunch of singles and stuff, and and, uh, on MySpace, like, what did you call it? I was thinking it was, like, sort of Italo Disco I was trying to make. I was trying to make really, like, Detroit Electro, but that didn't come out too good. It came out more like Human League and all that stuff, and I says, right, this is like the UK sound, you know, the early sort of synth pop and that. I can remember chatting, like, we all used to chat on MSN, loads of us, and one of them said to me, it's Outrun, Chris, and I was, like, thinking about the game. I says, what are you talking about? Like, And he said, no, that's what they call our music. I said, I don't even know these things because I, I keep myself <laughs> to myself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that was like me, Laser Hawk, Miami Nights. Before he was even Miami Nights, we used to chat and like, we had this compilation as well. 
Masters of the Universe. It came from New Disco as well, a lot of it, didn't it, I think? And like Alan Brax, Fred Falk, all that stuff, you know? I only heard the Masters of the Universe compilations sort of afterwards. Uh, there's an artist called D.A.D., yeah. uh, Zach Robinson, and yeah. uh, he sent them over to me to, to check out. Yeah, he's a good lad. Yeah, no, he's a cool guy. And like, what I find interesting when I talk to guys like you is just that a lot of the sound now that's become the synthwave sound yeah. is a sound that you guys kind of made up. Yeah. That's like the interesting thing because a lot of people now when they get into it or if they do like a synthwave tutorial online and all this stuff, essentially the music that they're doing, it like you guys like made it up. Yeah. That, like I say, we was all just chatting on MSN and things and like exchanging ideas and that. I was too generous. I was giving away too many of my secrets, I think. <laughs> That's the way I am, you know? Mm. It's like, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll make something new up. And then later on, it came back. It bounced back. I can remember when the drive film came out and I said, oh, no, look, there's like colleges tracks and all that because the Valerie lot were about, you know? Mm-hmm. French guys were doing their thing. You had the guys in America from the internet. We could all link up like this and chat and MSN and all that stuff, MySpace. You wouldn't have got that back in the 80s. Do you know what I mean? We didn't have that technology then, did we, I suppose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vice City was a big, like, influence on it all as well. You know, GTA. Yeah, that was an influence on all of us. And then, like, yeah, more people started springing up across Europe and all sorts. Yeah, well, look, how about this? How about we actually listen to some music and then we'll keep talking? I want to listen to some 80s Stallone. Play some Slayer. What? Play something decent. Play some no. Slayer. <laughs> no, we're, play- we're playing 80s Stallone today, man. Oh, man. We're going back in time to 2012 and... And uh, this is, of course, uh, the Hotline album and the track Driven by 80 Stallone.
And that was driven by 80s Stallone. And I'm here right now with 80s Stallone, Chris. And we're talking about the origins of the scene and all that stuff, because obviously you were there. Yeah. You know, nowadays, uh, a lot of the people I chat with, they're sort of influenced by other synthwave artists. But like what they're basing all their stuff on is the stuff that you guys were were coming up with. But again, I think we nicked a lot of that from the 80s. We was just looking back and then like you talked about the computer game music. We were using them sounds, the chip tune stuff and that. It was all influences coming into it. Disco. That's it. I made all sorts of music. Like I talked about the punk bands. I was a drum and bass DJ for years. All sorts of music. I was collecting records and that. And then I said, I'm going to make disco. I want to get the girls dancing. Because they all used to cry when I'd done my drum and bass sets. It was too heavy. (laughs) (laughs) It's too heavy. You know what I mean? I says, nah, they're all leaving the room. I'm playing these nosebleeders and granny scarers. It's not great, you know? <laughs> so I started, yeah, I started playing like disco. Is it granny scarers? Yeah, people hiding under tables like the bars. Yeah. You know, the real heavy shit like. How were you making it then back then? What what software were you using? Or were you doing some of it with the drum machines and stuff? Or Yeah, I'd try and get it all mixed together. My computers weren't too good. I was using all cracked software. So I had like cracked versions of Reason and then I got Cubase and I, I just kept getting more and more stuff all the time. And like saying, right, I can use that now. I can use my voice. I can use whatever. Bass guitar. Stick that in there. I've got like lo- loads of tapes still. I used to use them and get like the tape saturation and things. But I've used all of it. I'm not one or the other, if you know what I mean. Some guys are like really analog or really like VSTs or whatever. I'm like, just use it. And then I've bought stuff since, that's a disclaimer. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we had access to all that stuff. You could just go on and download whatever program. Can you think of any very, like, specific influences? Yeah, the Italo seed a lot. And then a lot of the disco, just like that sort of 4-4 beat and that. And I thought, yeah, just do disco. Everyone hated it. Do you know what I mean? It was like them records were just laying around in charity shops. I just picked them up. I started listening to loads of it. Like, the weirder the covers, the better. I really like disco. Like, my parents had, like, fucking disco records and stuff. And I know it was never cool to say you liked disco, but when I go back and listen to a lot of those tracks, I'm like, fuck, man. Like, they got these super catchy melodies and, like, a good beat and stuff. And I'm I'm big on nice melody. Like, that's the thing I need, personally, to, like, hook into a song. Yeah, positive stuff and that. Man Parish and all that stuff as well. And then I was just listening to, like, all the Megatone stuff and, like, Paul Parker and Patrick Kelly and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and then I, I'm, a, I'm a like big funk influence as well. And the breaks, I used to be able to like do bits of scratch DJing as well. I weren't much good, but <laughs> I used to mess around and try. I've got all breakbeat records as well. Loads of my friends were like funk DJs and that. I used to hang around with like some big DJs and, and they teach me stuff when I was young. They're older than me. And they say, Chris, check that record out. And the, the hip hop beats and the breaks and that. I used to always know where the samples were coming from. Because I had funk heads that would tell me, oh, that's that. Check this out. And it, it was all being sampled in the drum and bass as well. So I learned a lot from that. You know, like pump up the volume and records like that. When I heard them when I was a kid, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. I know the bloke from Mars. We've got a project together now. I've even worked with another bloke I used to listen to his records with, like when I was young. I've done some tracks with him since and... Them guys schooled me out on all the breaks and things. Like, what are you doing now? Because, I mean, like, I know you still put out, you know, tracks every once in a while on your SoundCloud, but you still mainly just have, like, the one main album, as as 80 Stallone, anyways. Yeah, I've only got that one album, haven't I? 
But like, what have you been up to? I'm always grafting away. I'm working on all sorts of stuff. I've just put an album out with that guy from Mars, my mate Russell in France. I go over there and we work on stuff like space rock or whatever. It's like really tripped out. What's the, what's that project called? Plastic Face. It's like a hippie sort of project. It's like more like noise influence. I work on a lot of noise music and drone stuff and all sorts jungle yeah the record just came out with time slave as well hotline yeah it's got a vinyl release now so they actually put that out i I think it was a few months back i can't even remember i'm like a year behind (laughs) on like what i'm supposed to listen to and then of course whenever i have a guest on the show i like to focus and listen to all of their music and and pick tracks to play and stuff and so i need a damn secretary or an administrative assistant or whatever the hell they're called now i've got one of them she's called a wife (laughs) That's a bit sexist, isn't it? But, yeah, <laughs> I would love my wife to be my secretary, but she's, <laughs> she's busy doing her own thing. She's got a proper job. and Yeah, what are you doing? Playing video games and watching telly? I wish. You, I'm not. I'm fucking. Lazy bastard. I'm <laughs> do the dishes. Come on. I do do. Hey, listen, I'll tell you this, man. I fucking love doing dishes. I find it really relaxing. Yeah, cleaning. It's good. It's good to keep things clean. I- you know what I mean? <laughs> If there's one thing I can take away from talking to you today, it's good to keep things clean. We need good, healthy, clean living, Andy. You know what I mean? Hey, man, I do know what you mean. I think. That's what I think comes from the synthwave scene a little bit. It's a bit sort of uplifting, a bit of an escape. I mean, that's what drew me to the stuff in the first place was, I mean, I I always liked electronic music, but I always liked melody. Like, I like making videos and, like, movies and stuff, and so I like music that inspires me to create, and I find that Synthwave does that for me. Like, when I listen to Synthwave, the melodies and stuff, it makes me imagine images and yeah. and th- and things like that, and that's why I really sort of gravitated towards the genre. I've I done some stuff for telly with a friend of mine. He's a filmmaker. That was one of my first big projects sort of thing. we done this film on, like, train spotting like hobbies we called it and uh, that got him through his whatever university and then I done some work for like the telly and that but I never really enjoyed it because I, they're always telling you what to do <laughs> and that, that I learned a lot from that but that's what drew me towards the simple but I was trying to keep up with a lot of the UK scenes and then it all went kind of dubstepy and a bit too like samey and everyone was doing the same thing and I said let's just go off in another direction and do something completely different but I can turn my hand to any kind of genre, really, I think. not. The, I'm not saying it's good, but... Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what is good is uh, the track Daylight by 80 Stallone, which we're going to listen to right now. Yeah.
All right, and that was Daylight by 80s Stallone, who I am chatting with right now, Chris. Wait, you just mentioned you were doing stuff for TV. Yeah. What, what do you mean? So, like, adverts and things and eye dents. You know about that, don't you? But... <laughs> You know about that. Come on. Before so everyone just understands, I love the way you talk, dude. So like, yeah. But what do you mean? Like you were uh, working on ads in what capacity though? Like in a music capacity? Were you in production yeah. or? No, just just the music. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll do it for free all the time. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I'll say to mates of mine, go and I'll help you out. I say, can you do some panpipe music from Albania? I say, I've got a fucking clue. <laughs> and then they say, can you make it more minor? I'm like, it's in a minor key. What more do you want me to do? In the end, I gave up. Like, I said, I'm going to get a normal job. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I used to do um, video editing for some like corporate sort of gigs, and it sucks, right? It's just... Soul destroyed, isn't it? All your sort of artistic direction stripped from you, isn't it? It's like, no, I don't like this. This yeah. is boring. So I quit that and just done my own shit, you know? Did you have friends that you knew that were working in these things and they were sort of like... Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, like on, on some quite big shows and things, but yeah, it was, it was all right, but it weren't my passion sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you... Uh, what did you go to school for? Me? Yeah. I did go to school. Ooh, life on the streets, or do you, did you fucking... Yeah, I started uh, smoking when I was four. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't really go to school. I was always working. Yeah, I was up with, like, chimneys and things like that. Speaking <laughs> them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> are you about uh, five decades older than I think you are, or what? Yeah, yeah I'm like Benjamin Buttonbrough. <laughs> I'm going backwards. Hey, man, that's pretty cool. I'm going the other way. I'm losing my fucking hair, man. Nah, it's all right. Just get a, get a syrup, mate. It's all right. Well, just paint hair on. Yeah, just spray it on. You can get a can of it, like, don't worry. <laughs> hey, head today, gone tomorrow. Don't worry about it. You just got to focus on the positive things in your life. I'm not dead. That's it. That's that's a good one. That's a good start, isn't it, I think? <laughs> so what'd you do then? Did you just have, like, little odd jobs, or did you have, like, an actual, like... Oh, yeah, just, like, like a dive in that. You know what I mean? Don't they get mad at you if you don't go to school? When did you drop out of school? Did you drop out? I don't know. It's different in, like, UK. Our school's a shit, like... You know what I mean? Well, school's shit everywhere, but I mean, like, yeah. don't they sort of mandate, like, you know, you got to be in school till at least you're 16 or whatever, and then you can make your own decisions? No, they just left me alone, I think. They said, we're better off without him. I said, no, that's all right. And that's when I went and worked in the bands and things. Were you, uh, like a troublemaker? No. No, I was a peacemaker. You know what I mean? Smoking the peace pipe too much, I think. <laughs> yeah, and then I just went in bands and things. I always had work. I'm always working, like, I'm a... 24-7, seven, seven days a week. That's the thing, see? I'm not, like, trying to be, like, a pop star. I'm a grafter. I'll just do the music on the side for my own enjoyment and that. Because records cost money as well, you know? So if you're collecting records and all this hardware, it don't come for free, does it? I'm, I'm just trying to, like, paint a picture here of, of your life. So, like, what are you doing for money when you're not... I mean, like, I... <laughs> I just realized this question could probably land in a weird place. Yeah, uh, be careful. Did, <laughs> I was selling drugs, bruv. Were you still living with your parents, or did you, like, leave home? All sorts. I've been, I've lived all over, really, but I'm always, like, an East London boy. But you're, like, settled now as an adult, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just I, I just want to know, just like, want to make sure that everything's, like, okay now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good, bruv. Well, not that it wasn't okay before. That's not what I'm insinuating. It's like, uh, that's the best time to do that stuff, hopping around couch to couch when you're young. If I did that now, my back would be fucked. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then, like I say, yeah, always playing in bands and things and DJing. And you just sort of 
live day to day. Don't worry about these things. You get a bit older, you start to think, right, there's time to settle down there, ain't Just enjoy life. It's the best way. Did you enjoy DJing? Yeah, I was all right. I was pretty good, mate. Then the iPod and that came about, and then everyone expects you to have everything on, on your own. You know what I mean? Mm. And all the digital age and that. And I, I was always taking records still. You need a van for that shit as well. And it's like, oh. And then you're taking more and more expensive records, and then everyone's going, oh, I can get that on YouTube. Fucking get it on YouTube then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You want to see me play or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess the, the art of the DJing sort of is one of those ones that kind of died a bit, right? With the uh, the digital age. Yeah, I think so. I think when I ordered Serato and that came, I, I've never really used it. I've tried. Well, I can, but and I'm not knocking it, but I still like my dusty records and like the little click and pop in there and things like that. Snap, crackle and pop. There's something to, I guess, you know, a long time ago when we didn't all just have access to all the music. No. So even just being a guy with records made you a cool guy because it's like, hey, he's got music I don't have. Yeah. Whereas now, since we can all sort of have it, then it, then it becomes about the, I guess, about the curation. Yeah, the selection, which is why you're a selector. I used to go to loads of dub nights and things, you know, and, and you just go in because they've got dub plates. They've got records no one else has got. They're making them and, and taking them. And same with the drum and bass scene. It was all dub plates. It was like, where are you getting that? They made it that weekend and cut it down at Music House and then they take it straight out and play it that weekend. No one's got that tune except you. That's how it kind of was. Mm -hmm. But you could do that with CDs as well. You know what I mean? When the CDJs came, you could like just burn your, your CDs off and go and play your own tunes. And that's, that's kind of how this whole 80s to thing started. I used to take iPods sometimes and plug them in and work things out like, go like, yeah, just put that straight in, buy them off the iPods. Use tapes. Use anything. Take the drum machine. Put that in the background. As long as it's all like timed up, good. Well, look, listen. I want to listen to some more music, and then we'll uh, we'll keep chatting. This was one I really dug the bass line on. It's called Super Pursuit Mode, and uh, this is a cool track. So let's listen to it.
right, and that was Super Pursuit Mode by 80s Stallone, who I am talking with right now about uh, old school DJing and stuff. Grandma Pines? Yeah. Remember them? <laughs> yeah, they were all right, pain in the arse. You had to wind them right up. There you go. So, how did you guys back in the early days connect in the first place? Like, how did you find each other? I'm talking about like the, you know, like the Laser Hawks and the Miami Knights and stuff. I think it was MySpace, really. We, I don't even know how we was tagging our stuff, but we just sort of like started bumping into each other and like, I can't remember. We all sort of kept each other in our top eights. Do you remember MySpace, the way it used to work? I joined MySpace right at the end when it was like kind of starting to die. And so I never became one with the MySpace culture. I sort of just, that was one I just sort of missed. They fucked all our pages up. Like we got them all sorted out and then they sold it or something. And it all went to Facebook, migrated, and all our pages went down and like they changed all the format. So that was a bit of a bastard. But you could put like four tracks on there so we all used to like remix each other's work and there's also a mate of mine Sakura Knights if you look his stuff up he was an early like instigator in all this thing he was the one putting together the Master of the Universe and contacting people and doing the legwork and you're just basically messaging people whereas now it's a piece of piss isn't it everyone just does it but yeah when it went over to Facebook I said I'm not doing this no more because people were messaging me going like this ain't an 80s Stallone track and I'm, I'm saying it it is, because I made it. <laughs> it's definitely an 80s Stallone track, I know it is. But I was experimenting more. And then the scene was getting like a little bit of a lane. Like, it's got to have this, it's got to have these elements, if you know what I mean. Yes. Well, that stuff fucking is bullshit. Like, my musical philosophy is it's just music. It's about how it makes you feel. It's about a mood, you know, and and as soon as nerds start coming in talking about, like, the fucking rules where it's like, well, you have to have a this 808 cowbell and you have to have a yeah. poly six bass. And it's just like, fuck you. Then you don't even like music. Then you're like, this is if this is math problem to you yeah. or an equation, then fuck off. Like, you're not an artist. Yeah, that's when I started making other styles as well. I said, yeah, this is getting too formula, like algebra or something. You know how to do it. An arpeggiated bass, or this, or that. And it was like, yeah, okay, like you're saying, them, them same elements. It's like, um, what's the music I'm thinking of? Like the big 808 kick snap and all that stuff. It's just standard in pop music. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just a formula, really. Like, I'm personally really sensitive to formulas. I love the synthwave sound, so I always like it when I hear it, and I wish it was around more you know like when you're walking in a mall and you have to listen to like shitty like mariah carey music or something yeah i I, i'll take generic synthwave in that situation yeah but i'm always more interested in artists who are are trying to do creative things as well i mean like we we will always have the synthwave stuff that was made in this period of time it's always going to exist and so the fact that it's there i i just like it when when new artists to the scene actually try and do interesting things. Yeah, whereas some people, like, they don't like that. And that's what I'm saying, where people would say to me, oh, this, this is not this. I'd say, well, I'm trying to, like, do something new. I'm trying to, like, change it a little bit or something. I don't know. Yeah, do you know about the other stuff I've done as well? The Gina Project. Gina Calabresi. Yeah, that's the one. You know um, Gina and Trudy from Miami Vice? Crockett and Tubbs and all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I grew up with that. And like loads of other programs and things. I like the Golden Girls is my favourite and Twin Peaks and all these things. Yeah. But um yeah, Miami Vice, I grew up with that. We used to stay up and watch it in the UK and think, yeah, we're gonna dress like wankers. Do you know what I mean? 
But <laughs> I took the, the name from Gina and I, I made a whole album on that. That's like quite a, a little side project sort of thing. That's a good one. You need to check that out. Yeah, that's a long time ago. That came out before the Hotline record. I'll have my crack research team find the links, and maybe we'll uh, we'll throw one of those tracks in here. Yeah, the Gina Project, man. That's, uh, it, was a, it was a good laugh. Was that when you had already started making uh, songs as 80s Stallone? Yeah, yeah. So I put the, the Hotline album out, and no one picked that up. And then I put the Gina album out, and a, a label picked it up. And then I said, yeah, that's, that's me. And they were like, huh? <laughs> I sent you all my stuff before, but you didn't like it. Now it's a girl. You're interested. I said, yeah. Oh, dude, that reminds me of, did you see that story? The fucking guy on Instagram who was like this hot Asian lady who like works on motorbikes, but it turned out it was just this old retired dude who was like Photoshop or it wasn't Photoshop. He's using one of those like AI programs to make himself look like a lady. Yeah. And then his, his account became like super popular because all the dudes are like, ooh, like a hot chick who likes motorbikes. And Yeah, that's exactly what I've done because it was too much of a boys club. I said, I'm not I'm not interested in sausage parties, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Who is? Yeah, no one. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I don't know. Come on, let's not, let's not, <laughs> let's not get the show banned. <laughs> I come down hard against sausage parties on this show. Yeah. That's my hardline stance. Uh, to be honest with you, though, I've literally just been inside for like a year. So I, at this point, I, I probably would enjoy just a sausage party, just if it meant seeing some of my friends again. Yeah, no, I've been working all the way through, bro. Well, that's good to hear, man. I like when people uh, keep at it and keep on making cool tunes. I've not done much music, but there's there's still stuff coming. Like I say, there's a couple of albums come. The vinyl's come out. That's pretty cool. Thanks to Time Slave on that one. You know them boys, didn't you? Yep. They've done me good on that. But I was working all the way through that. Well, look, I want to listen to this track called Death Race. Yeah. Because that's a cool song, and it's by 80s Stallone, and then we're going to listen to that, and then we'll uh, keep talking.
right, and that was Death Race by 80 Stallone, who I am talking with right now, Chris. So, what goes on in your life at the moment? Is music your main thing, or do you have other stuff you're doing? No, I'm being a romancer with my lady. That's it, that. Well, that's good. Were you, like, uh, cooking dinners and stuff? Yeah, I'm buying her flowers and things, and, you know, keeping her happy, whinging and moaning about things. (laughs) 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 My socks ain't ironed on time. Oh, no, I'm going down that route again, aren't I? Do you need to iron socks? Yeah, mine do, yeah. Are they, like, thick wool? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, just cracking on. Yeah, I'm working on new stuff. Always am. But I just don't put nothing out. I don't torture anyone like that. I want to buy some more, like, hardware and that, really. There's so much stuff been coming out. This thing's got a bit put on hold and that, I suppose. So now they're all rushing out their gear and that. And I'm like, I don't need no more. I've got loads of stuff that I don't hardly even use. It's just all sitting there gathering dust, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even software. It's like, oh, I ain't even had time to check this out because I'm always working. What is it, though? Like, are you you making tunes? Are you, like, not happy with it? Like, when you don't put it out? Like, what's going on? I don't know. Sometimes I like to keep things... I'll just know when they're ready, sort of thing. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because, like, like what you were saying, you get to listen to so much stuff. I know it's sort of, like, flooded the market you know so it's like it's got to be good it's got to be something new is it ever tough though when because what became the synthwave sound in quotes is kind of like the sound that what you guys were making is it ever frustrating like when you go to make a song that's like yeah i'm making an 80 stallone song but this is what people like everyone sort of uses as like a template now i suppose so a little bit it's like but then in saying that i'm using a template from the 80s if you know what i mean it's an interesting distinction because i guess what's interesting you know in the early days of the synthwave scene was people really were drawing upon their influences from their childhood which whereas now a lot of people are drawing on influences from other synthwave artists. Exactly. I guess that's the difference. And so there still had to be the sort of pioneers to figure out, like, what are the synths that we use that... But then synthwave is sort of a, a unique thing because it also is this music that sort of evokes nostalgia, but it's not necessarily music that would have existed in the 80s. Like, it's sort of this weird hybrid of this thing that when you listen to it, you think of the 80s. Definitely. That's where we came in. That's what, like, if we'd have made it back then, we wouldn't have been making that stuff. Do you know what I mean? And then we also had the freedom, I suppose, of, like, we weren't making them for the clubs like they were in the 80s. They were making stuff to sell. They were make, We were making it for fun, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Like, what was your relationship with, like, the Valerie Collective people? I met a couple of types. I met a few of the boys. I had a rack in college, and I've met a few of them since. We all used to just chat, like, online, this sort of thing say hello to each other and respect each other I've always been like on my own really I was one of the only real like UK bots and then there'd be like Future Carp and I met them guys a couple of times I'd go to a few gigs but I wouldn't necessarily even go out to listen to music there weren't that many gigs Cargo used to do a few and then I think it was the Blue Last or something like that it's all around East London but there weren't many nights back then the Cyber Dance Boys there was them there was some in Manchester, Red Laser, and them guys. The Valerie Collective guys were calling it disco, I think. 
Like that's what the music was like. Hashtag disco, you know, before the synthwave tag popped up. Yeah, it was like new disco, backing off of the disco, French house, that sort of thing. But then some of them guys hate that that sort of stuff as well. It's, everyone's got their own little thing. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's just the more and more artists that have popped up, they've all got their own little influence on it. There's a lot more rock going on in it now. And as I can remember, rock bands, if a synthesizer turned up on the rock stage, they'd smash it up. Whereas now that sort of scene has embraced it a lot more. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I, I know there was that whole time, was it like in the in the 90s and stuff, where like some rock bands would come out and like it'd be a, a point of pride that there was no yeah. electronics involved in the making of their thing or whatever? Definitely, mate, definitely. They, they hated that stuff. Me, myself, at, at some point. But then I embraced the sort of dub sound systems and the drum and bass, the sub-bass... And that's when I went back to the electronics and the drum machines and things, you know? What the fuck is Baby Sham? Yeah, that's a good one. Because <laughs> I see... <laughs> I was going through your SoundCloud and there were several that have, like, Baby Sham ads and, like, I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, that's a little drink, like. It's like a little pear cider. And it's not even a cider, it's a perry. Yeah, Baby Sham. You never drunk that? No. Yeah, Baby Sham. <laughs> and then, I, then I've done as well, like, old champagne ones, Bollinger and that. You know, they're good drinks. They're like ladies' drinks. I mean, I do like a good ladies' drink. That's You'll get beat up in the East End drinking baby champ. You know what I mean? Dude, I'd get killed. Whenever I would listen to interviews from people who, like, grew up in that place, and like, yeah, and then they threw a brick at my head and, like, all this other shit, I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, it sounds like you got to be pretty hard to live over there. No, 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 no. You've just got to be nice, I think. I think that's a bit of a myth. There's no bricks being thrown. Unless you go to a <laughs> game, Unless you go to a riot. You know what I mean? They're making that up. There's certain people as well who have like a sort of energy because I'm not, I don't have fight energy. Like, I'm not that kind of dude. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Peace, not war. Love and peace, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the tagline of this show as of now. Make love, not war. Well, look, I want to listen to this track. This is kind of an interesting one. It was sort of a more cinematic track with no drums. It was called The Cremator. Or the. That's how you would say that word, right? The cremator. The cremator. But uh, it's a cool track, kind of like a cinematic one, and we're going to listen to that right now.
night, and that was The Cremator by 80s Stallone. Kind of different sound and vibe, but it was cool. Did you ever consider, like, doing a, an album of stuff like that? Or did you? And I didn't read about it because I'm fucking terrible at uh, research. I think there's, like, a track on the Gina LP that's like that, and I said, don't put it on now. I want them to be, like, more like disco numbers. And like, I like making that stuff. I like making all sorts, you know? But, yeah, sometimes it don't really go in into that scene. Who knows? Unless you've got a pair of aviators or wayfarers and some, like, neon fucking lights or something. I don't know. And it's like sometimes I just think, I second-guess things and think maybe they ain't going to like this stuff. But then I just think, fuck them, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. They've got to like it, whether (laughs) whether they like it or not. There's only one way to, to do things on Facebook. You can't dislike on Facebook. That's why I disliked it. I said you can only like things. Fuck Facebook. Facebook's yeah. a shitty place. You know what I mean? It's just all thumbs up and everyone's sucking each other off. I'm not sure. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if there was a dislike button. Yeah. Be good, wouldn't it? I'll ring Zuckerberg up and ask him. Yeah. It's not like Facebook can be worse. Like, it's already pretty shitty. Yeah. What's your plan, man? Music-wise or creative stuff? Is there anything you're working on? Or I've got some ideas. I'll forget a load of them. I have so many ideas that sometimes I forget them. I thought of a new album name the other day, and I forget that now. Is that what you do? Like, you come up with the uh, the name of the album first, and then the songs come out? Yeah, sometimes. It's like Hotline. That album took a little while, so I was going to put that out with, like, Rosso Porter and all them guys, but that never really happened. So I just went off and shopped it around a little bit, and it took ten years to come out, really. The Gina one came out before. Like physical, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'll just see in it. I might make a new name up and trick them all again. <laughs> but then you lose that brand recognition, man. Yeah, I've got some merch and that. I've got some like t-shirts and that. Uh, trying to think, what have I got planned? I've got work in the morning. <laughs> That's always fun. What do you do? I'm not saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a caretaker. I take care of everyone. Good man. Well, peace and love. Yeah the way forward yeah I'm an artist for some reason whenever I hear that I always just picture Joker from the Batman 1989 movie what Jack Nicholson yeah 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 he's one of my favourites like you can't beat Jack you like The Shining though yeah no that's a classic yeah see he's a caretaker (laughs) see it all ties together see what I mean Who's your favourite Batman villain like do you mean just the character or like the the actor combination Um, the characters Riddler Riddler's fun. I mean, like, I like Batman's rogues gallery, like all the Batman characters, because I was a big fan of the animated series yeah. in the 90s, and so I really like the episode with Mr. Freeze. All right. I don't have really, like, super edgy opinions here. Like, I'll probably just say, like, Joker, because, like, oh, I like Clayface, but I like Clayface from the cartoon, because he was, like, the T-1000 from Terminator, where he'd, like, fucking morph into people, and, like, right. his hands would turn into weapons and shit. See, I only know the old one. And that's Burgess Meredith as the Penguin as well. That's Mickey from Rocky. Oh, I love... I Dude, I got it on Blu-ray. I love the old Batman show. It's awesome. They're the best ones. I used to watch them with my dad like. I yeah. like how they really um, tried to make the people look comic book accurate. Yeah. Because that's a thing that they sort of get away from with movies now where they're like, oh, it can't look like the comic book because that would be cheesy. And so they have to put everybody in like these super high tech like armors and stuff. And it's like, dude, just make the characters look like the fucking comic book, man. Everyone loves it when the characters look like they're supposed to. You mean the comics then? I'm into like, I like superheroes. I, I, when I grew up, my brother collected like Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. But like, yeah. 
I was never really a comic reader. I just like superheroes. I like the animation, like the, the, you know, the drawing and all that shit. I never read them. I say, I can't read. Some of the artwork was cool. Like, my brother was collecting them around the time that Todd McFarlane was drawing Spider-Man, and so there was... Yeah, the later ones. Yeah, yeah. there's all these really elaborate-looking poses where Spider-Man's up, and you see all the muscle definition, and, like, his web is, like, all really crazy, shooting all over the place. Like, that was, like, when Venom was introduced, like that. Yeah, the black suit and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I always get a little annoyed, because they in the movies, they always make the stuff look different. Yeah, I like the old one. I like Batman when he walks up the side of the building and things like that. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Adam West and Robin. I'll tell you some more stories about that, but you don't believe them. <laughs> you find one. I know about these things. What happened to Robin when like, the show stopped and that? He had to go and do some dubious movies like... We won't speak about them. Yeah. Who's your favourite Nick Fury? David Hasselhoff every time, isn't it? <laughs> hey, man, you didn't even give me time to answer. Yeah, see? I knew you like the hop. I know these things. See, I've done more research on the show than you. Well, <laughs> well, the listeners will be real happy about that. I've worked you out. You like Nick Fury, David Haswell. Seen that one? I've seen clips of it. Oh, you need to watch that. That's excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> That's some homework I'm leaving for you. You know what I mean? Well, I can, uh, again, I can handle some pretty cheap stuff. Like, my favorite television show of all time is classic Doctor Who. Oh, you like you like the old Doctor Who? Yeah, so, I mean, I can handle some pretty low-budget shit. Yeah, who's your favorite Doctor? Well, Tom Baker, but... Uh, Tom Baker, yeah? It's a tricky one, because he's just clearly the best, and so, like, sometimes I don't want to be, like, that cliche guy that just likes whatever is popular, but, like... In the case of Doctor Who, Tom Baker was like, he is just the best, and his era of Doctor Who is also the best. Everything kind of lined up, and he's a true weirdo, because like nowadays they always just hire like actors and they act all eccentric. But what I love about him is he's like he's a true eccentric weirdo. Yeah. He like he is an alien, and I don't think they'll they'll ever cast anyone in that role again that's going to be as unique and weird as that guy was. What's Sean Pertwee's dad? Uh, John. John Pertwee. Yeah. He was good. The 70s Doctor Who is is probably the better one just because like, that's when the show felt the least cheap. Do you know that? Like, knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Who's there, man? Doctor. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought of another good one. You can't come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spock. Star Trek. Come on, what's your favourite Star Trek? It's got to be Spock, isn't it? The original side. Well, that's it. <laughs> if the question is, what's your favourite Star Trek, and the answer is Spock, then yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, dude. Spock. See, look, this is perfect. We're talking about all this, uh, this old Hollywood stuff, and uh, here you've got a track called Planet Hollywood, so why don't we listen to that?
right, and that was Planet Hollywood by 80 Stallone. And I'm here right now with 80 Stallone talking about our favorite Star Trek. Nanu Nanu. <laughs> is this the part of the... <laughs> This is the part of the conversation that just fucking <laughs> degenerates into just fucking animal noises and uh, yeah, Mork and Mindy, Nanu Nanu. Come on, you must know that. I, you know, I never watched Mork and Mindy. I was, I was aware of it. Yeah. You might, you might have a few years on me. I don't know. Yeah, live long and prosper. There you go. There's one for you. Yeah, that that's my favorite Mork and Mindy quote. Yeah. So yeah. listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could do this for a long time, just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah. Just say random catchphrases. Come on, what's, what's your favorite, like, 80s Schwarzenegger film stand like? Predator. Yeah, I guess, uh, well, Predator, Terminator. Yeah. I think I like Terminator better than Predator, but yeah. they're both awesome, obviously. Yeah. I enjoy Commando, but... Yeah, it's not as good as it. Ray Don Chong annoys me in that film, yeah. but I do like all the bad guys and I do quote that movie quite a bit my favorite thing in Commando is fucking Sully and when he drops Sully off the cliff and goes the I lied and then drops him and then Sully turns into a dummy and then you just hear him go like wala wala like that's his scream it's like one of my favorite things and what about Piddly Scott what's your favorite film of his (laughs) I get all their names wrong don't I Uh, Blade Runner then you know what though I feel like He's so overrated because I think Blade Runner's awesome, and I like Legend, even though Legend is like really flawed. Yeah, that had Tangerine Dream soundtrack, didn't it? Yeah, and that's the best part. Yeah. But I don't really like a lot of his other movies. I just really like Blade Runner and Legend. All right. I think Aliens are right. That's oh yeah, bad. fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, an Alien. Sorry, sorry. Fuck. Yes, yeah, and on. Alien. But that's it. Like once like the '90s happened, I don't think there's a single Ridley Scott movie. I know everyone loved Gladiator, but I didn't really love that film. It's fine. Yeah, I liked Ollie Reed in that. He was good. Ollie Reed and Keith Moon. They're two of my like heroes. Because Oliver Reed died while he was making it, right? Like he was a big lush. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's why he died, or is it? Did he die because he drank too much? No, he just died of being an old guy, right? I don't know. Ollie Reed, we shouldn't bad mouth him in that. You know what I mean? He might be listening. <laughs> the Beyond Synth podcast sends its apologies <laughs> to the ghost of Oliver Reed. Beyond the grave and that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because they did some clever CGI work. Yeah. One of those posthumous performances. Yeah. What else do you like? <laughs> Give me a list. What do you like? I like Cocoa Pops. Why? Because you like it? It turns the milk into chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a lazy bastard. Yeah, it saves me getting like chocolate milk and that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you like? You mean cereal wise? I like Facebook. I like the thumbs up on Facebook. That's always good to like. <laughs> I mean, I prefer Cocoa Pops to fucking <laughs> Facebook. We're plugging them too much. They're going to get like loads of people get rushing to use it. Don't say 80 Stallone and Andy Last like Facebook and that. They give it the thumbs up. Uh, I, think yeah, we fa- stop doing this. I think Facebook's doing okay. Yeah, what do you think? The fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> I fucking hate Facebook so much. Yeah, what's your favorite social media? I don't like any of it. I was going to say none. Yeah. It's ruined everything. Yeah. Like, it really has. Like, if I could go back in time and stop it, it's so hard because it's like, on one hand, it's great. There'd be no synth wife. Yeah, I know. I know. See? I'm not sure what the solution is, necessarily. Yeah, what do we do? Well, some sort of time machine scenario, I think. Benjamin Button, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure how good you're going to be at fucking uh, fighting the power when you're like a baby. Yeah. I never actually watched that film. Does he turn back into a fetus at the end? What happens? He turns into a baby. Right. It's well crap. 
But then yeah. once he's a baby, what happens? Does he fly up inside someone's vagina? Like I don't know. See, you're getting too rude now. Sorry. I was going to say, that's one of my favorite films, Cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, you like Cocoon. Steve Guttenberg. He's good, isn't he? <laughs> I, I prefer Michael Dudikoff. Yeah, Dudikoff. That's one of my tracks, isn't it? <laughs> you seen that one? Dudikoff. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I call myself 80s Dudikoff at one point, and I made a track called Dudikoff. I've always loved the last name Dudikoff. It's just really funny sounding yeah. to me. It's good, isn't it? Steven Seagal, what do you think about him? I'll tell you, man, I never liked him. I'm sorry. I know he was popular at one point. I just, I guess it's not really fair, you know, to judge actors by how they seem in real life. So I don't want to do that because sometimes an actor can seem like a jerk, but they still put out some cool performances. But Steven Seagal was always a guy who I just got the sense from watching him. Like, this guy's an asshole. Like, fuck this guy. Like, I just never liked him. And then when you actually see him in interviews, he is a fucking dink. No, he told me he likes you. (laughs) Steven Seagal, he said, oh, I listen to Beyond Simp. Yeah. Yeah, all the way in Russia with his weird painted on fucking beard and hair. (laughs) Yeah. What about your favorite Stallone film? What is my favorite Stallone film? That's a good question. Come on. I like Stop All My Mum Will Shoot. That's a good one. You know what? I like Demolition Man. That's a good one. Simon Says. Snipes. It's <laughs> even got Dennis Leary in there as well, isn't it? <laughs> I was always more of an Arnold guy. Yeah. And, and the occasional Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think, like, Jean-Claude had some cool movies. Bolo Young was in Bloodsport or something, wasn't it? So I used to like watching Kung Fu films. When I was making music, I just put Kung Fu films on with no sand and that. Well, Bolo Young's also in... Uh, Enter the Dragon, isn't he? I think you're right. It might be that one. And Jim Kelly. Is it Jim Kelly? Yeah, yeah. Fucking Black, Black Belt Jones. Jones. I love the fucking sound he makes when he fights in that movie. He's like, ooh every time he does a punch. It's awesome. Yeah. Fuck, I haven't seen that in like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, you need to watch Bruce Lee. He's the bad. Yeah, those are a lot of fun, those fucking old... Uh old kung fu films yeah he's like war the only thing that bugs me is whenever you watch old 70s films whenever there's blood it's always just like red paint tomato ketchup I don't actually know what it is see you're a filmmaker you should know these things (laughs) (laughs) well look man I want to listen to this track called Party at Kitty and Studs yeah and then uh, I know maybe we can uh, wind down if you want or it's all good I'm, I'm cool But uh, here's this track. This is a party at Kitty and Studs by 80s Stallone.
All right, and that was Party at Kitty and Studs by A.D. Stallone, and I am here with A.D. Stallone right now. Yes. So what do you do for fun, then? Do you do other stuff besides making music? Do you play games? Do you, do you, do you like sport? Uh, I don't know. Fun's overrated. What the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played games for years, and I, sport, I've just got bored of it because there's just no one, no one in the crowd and things. It's like rubbish. So is music just the main thing then? Pretty much. Hot Wheels. I'm into me Hot Wheels. I like collection, collecting like reaction figures and all that shit. I like cleaning. That's always good. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really a fun guy, to be honest with you. Oh, you sound fun to me. Yeah? Yeah, you want to be friends? <laughs> yeah, I've got a new friend. I like this. <laughs> I like watching, like, Noddy and Care Bears and things like that. Dude, I loved... When I was young, we got uh, Noddy, but the one from the 70s? Yeah, that's the one I watched. Yeah, that one's awesome, man. There's this episode that's still one of my favorite things of all time, and it's where fucking uh, Gobbo the Goblin tricks Naughty into giving him a ride home through the dark woods, but then all the other goblins show up and ransack Naughty's car and then leave him in the woods overnight. Yeah, they carjack him. I know the one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> we got some British TV on one of my stations, but it was all like weird random things. Like I watched the 70s version of Naughty, yeah. Paddington Bear, the original one, where it's like, yeah. he's a... 3D thing, but all the characters are like 2D paper looking. Yes, yes, that's good. And then, and then of course, Doctor Who. Like Doctor Who was my favorite thing, so like I watched a lot of that. But I was that was in the 80s, so like the first Doctor Who I watched was 80s Doctor Who with like Peter Davison and stuff. And then it, it wasn't yeah. until later that I went back and revisited the 70s stuff when they started putting those on repeats. Doctor Spock, I've got a joke for you as well. Knock knock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who's that? You, you you bumped your head at some point when we were listening to that last song. Nick <laughs> Davidson, yeah, I remember him. And then there was Day of the Triffids as well. Blake Seven. Yeah. That was another one. And all the sexual wobble about and that, yeah. Wicked. I love all that crap. <laughs> well, me too, man. Battle of the Planets. That was a good one. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, Gatcha Man. Yeah, they're like birds. They've got, like, bird costumes. They're mental. Battle of the Planets? Battle of the Planets. Gatcha, man. Google it. You've got internet. I ain't. <laughs> I'm in the hot line. Battle of the Planets. Oh, it's anime. Yeah. 1978 to 2012. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, that's not one continuous thing, though, is it? No. They, they, it's all made from all different, like, animations and that. They stuck it all together. Something happened there. And I can't remember the story. You don't believe any of my stories, so I'm not... <laughs> You think I'm making it up? Well, no, I, I know you're telling the truth because I don't think anyone would make up such such tall tales. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know. like, this stuff's too good, man. It's it's got to be real. Well, look, man, listen. We can probably wind this thing down. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Not not that I can think of off the top of my head. I only just like take the piss a bit more, and I, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm very deeply offended. You're not taking this interview seriously. This is a very serious program. Damn it! I know. Everyone's got the ump with us now and turned over to, like, Channel 4 or something. I don't know. <laughs> no way, man. They, they end up, they download it automatically into their phones. Now they're stuck with this. That's good. It'll take all their data. Yeah. Data mining. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that what data mining is? Yeah. yeah podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ain't this on the radio? You told me this was a radio show. I told you none of the sort. I told you nothing. (laughs) (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, I've got one listener, and it's sort of my wife, but she really doesn't pay attention. I'm on a payphone. I've not even got the internet. (laughs) This is on the hotline. You know that. Yeah, well, who needs it, man? The internet's full of shit. Yeah, no, it's really good. I've heard. Yeah, I'm getting it next week. Dial up. Oh, sweet. You should uh, check out uh, porn. (laughs) No. It's really exciting. Got old VHSs of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. Yeah. Ah, uh, the good old days. Yeah. You know what, though? I say that as a joke, but I, I actually do think it was better. Yeah. Because when you have too much easy access to it, you become sort of desensitized to porn. Like, there was something very exciting when it was just a tape you had to get. Your older brother had a tape, or someone's dad taped some shit off of the fucking satellite, and it's like, ooh, you're trading the tape around. Or when you find an old Razzle magazine in the bushes or something. Yeah, you liked <laughs> things like that, didn't you, Puff? <laughs> I know you. I know you. <laughs> Only way I'm from school. Yeah. <laughs> you, you like that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. It's been fun chatting with you. All right, this was a good time. I don't know if the listeners have learned anything about the early days of synthwave, but I don't care uh, because <laughs> I had a, I had fun chatting with you. Yeah, we'll do it again soon. Don't worry. The hotline's always open to you, Andy. Right, so this is the one where you go out to the payphone. I'll give you a beeper. Yeah. Once the red light starts flashing, you know I'm. Uh... Yeah, the back phone. <laughs> And I'll say it's Prince Andrew the Lost. He's here again. I mean, having a bad phone would be pretty cool. Yeah, I've got one like that. Like a collector's item? Yeah. <laughs> this is such a matter of fact. Just, yeah. yeah. Weren't you one of the people they interviewed on that documentary? Yeah. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone told me you were funny on it. Yeah, I think so. Everyone was laughing at me. I didn't like it. I was just, oh, what's, what's going on? Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's right, because didn't you guys see it in a theater? Yeah. Yeah, I had to sign autographs and things. No, I didn't. Yeah, I was there. It was good. It was a fun time, and that took a long time to come out. It was hard work for Ivan and the the gang that made it, and good luck to him and that. Yeah, it's all right. You should watch it. It's informative. Will that count as research if I watch it? Yeah, email them. Say say you need it. Like You need a VHS copy of it. <laughs> it's Spanish as well, so there might be some like juicy bits on the end. I'm not sure. There's like extras in that. I've not even seen that. Didn't they give you a DVD? No. <laughs> no, and I made them breakfast and give them beers and things like that. What'd you make for breakfast? Bacon sarnies. I said, yeah, yeah lads, yeah. That's nice. You're a good host. Yeah, I sorted them out. I had Corona beers for them as well. For breakfast? Yeah, for the boys on their cornflakes. <laughs> it's all right. It's a good time, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I went to the screening and got mobbed, you know what I mean, by all my glorious fans. No one knew who I was. Yeah. <laughs> no one has seen me, innit? For years. No one even knew what I looked like, so... I figured you kind of looked like Charlie Sheen from Hot Shots Part 2. Yeah. I still haven't seen the documentary, which means I don't even know what you look like. Because no. I, <laughs> I just realized since I haven't seen the thing. Yeah, it's a bit like Crime Watch when you see it, because they're all behind, like... <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true, right? It's like a scene full of people who are, like, trying to hide their identities. Yeah, like one of them crime documentaries or something. And I was like, oh, no, this is looking bad for these boys. Are you a silhouette in it, or are you? Uh, did they shine a light on your face? No, I'm fully out, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they interrogate me. It was all right, though. It was good. It's, it's worth watching. John Carpenter's done all the voiceover. It's pretty cool, like. It's good to, like, be in a film with him, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He's narrating it. I'll watch it one of these days yeah. when I get a spare moment. 
I'm just so busy, you know, with all the paperwork and all that stuff. Looking in bushes for old Razzle magazines. I know you. Yeah, man. My favorite one is Razzle. <laughs> I'm trying to picture what the cover of Razzle would be. Yeah. I'm assuming a lady with like pom poms on her nipples or whatever. Yeah. Or, uh, not pom poms. What the fuck are those called? Tassels. Yeah. Yeah, you know. You're down at burlesque clubs every weekend. I know you. <laughs> so I've sussed you out. Yeah, you should be working harder. Your wife's listening to this. It's only one listener. Oh, dude. And she doesn't even pay attention. She doesn't even like it. No? Yeah. No one, no one appreciates me, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> I bet you get a couple of likes on Facebook, a few thumbs up. Honestly, now, I don't think any, even though the page I have has like several thousand whatevers you need, you basically have to like pay money to get engagement. So any anytime I post the show, it gets like two people saw this. I'm like, then why the fuck did I waste my time posting? It took me like 15 minutes to make that post. Yeah. Sorry, that's uh, that's another story entirely. You should go on Twitter. I am on Twitter, and it sucks there too. Fucking Twitter. Ah, oh, come on. You must get some love somewhere. Only fans. <laughs> yeah. That's where I get the most. Yeah. But those people are all a bunch of pervs. Get your subscription to Razzle. I'm telling you. That has to be a real magazine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look up the song. Ian Jury. Razzle in my pocket. Play that on the show as my finishing tune. Yeah. I'm typing in Razzle magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Razzle looks all right to me. Razzle is a British softcore pornographic magazine founded in 1983, published by Paul Raymond Publications. It currently focuses on the girl next door style pornography, offering cash for any photos of readers' wives. In quotes. Yeah, it's your cup of tea, isn't it? I think that. Yeah, I'm a big perv, so yeah. <laughs> You've sussed me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's better than synthwave isn't it <laughs> I'm gonna do a new one Razzle Wave yeah man that's my new sound like I shouldn't tell these people they'll rip me off it's happened before. <laughs> now I'm just on a damn image, sir. It's a razzle. This is what happens. This is what happens when you're like a... Razzle in my pocket. Ian Jury. It's a song. You could play that as my finishing tune. Well, I don't... I only like to play the cool music of my guests. Now play that one. It's my special request on that. Like. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'll see if my lawyer allows it. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You won't be allowed to. Yeah, I'll get a cease and desist yeah. from, the, from the good people at Razzle. That's what happened with the Master of the Universe thing. You know that. Yeah, they didn't like you guys, uh... Yeah. They didn't like the He-Man uh, reference. Yeah, Mattel stopped it. Yeah, that was a really confusing thing, because when I first heard it, it was they were just called, like, the Motu comps. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, what the hell does that mean? Ooh, Master of the Universe. We've all learned a lot today, is the bottom line. You know, you've learned about Razzle. That's the main thing. It is the main thing. Get your jazz mags out, Andy. All right? <laughs> I'm going to make some music and do things properly. Yeah, man. Well, look, it was nice meeting you, dude. Yes, Yes, it's been a laugh, man. Yeah, and uh, keep on making cool tunes, and it's always cool to talk to people who were there at the start. You know, we got to throw praise your your way because it was uh, because of you pioneers that we have this awesome scene we all love today. Yes, yes. It, it, things can only get better, in the words of d Ring. You know what I mean? And we can only all dream. Yeah. Yeah, get a razzle in your pocket, all right? <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen, you have a lovely England day or night. I guess it's nighttime over there, right? Yeah, I'm going to get busy with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, I do know what you mean. So you have a lovely evening and uh, keep on being a cool guy. And uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon, man. Will do. Love to Bobby as well, right? In my yellow jersey, I went out on the nick. South Street, Rumford. 
shopping okay Got a razzle magazine I never pay Inside my jacket and a white double quick Good sense told me once was enough But I had a cocky eye on more loose stuff Put a razzle in my pocket back to have another pick All right, and that was my chat with 80s Stallone. I hope he appreciated a little sound drop in there. And just if you're like, why the hell did he say Bobby at the end? Well, if you are a keen listener of Beyond Synth, you will know that Bobby B was one of my first patrons back in the day, and she was a patron for a long time. And uh, that's a name I used to say all the time. And Bobby B. Bobby B. Anyways, Bobby B and 80s Stallone are... uh, What's a cute way of saying when people are in a relationship? (laughs) Anyway, to be honest with you, I don't remember how they met exactly. Maybe they met at some sort of synthwave-related thing. And so at the end, he said that. Because I completely forgot they were in a relationship. Because I would have said something. He's just like, yo, love to Bobby. And I'm like, I didn't say anything. I just was like, okay, bye. And then, like, hung up. Because I'm like, are they still in a relationship? Because then I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, what if they're not in a relationship? And that was, like, a really weird thing he just said. But it turns out they're in a great relationship. And they, they, uh, I don't, what am I doing? (laughs) I'm just trying to explain why he ended it by saying Bobby. That's all. I I suppose I could have just cut that out, but then that would have been weird, too. We're like, why'd you cut that out? And I'd be like, "Uh, I don't know, man. Anyway, look, we gotta go. Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. I've been scheduling a whole bunch of uh, artists who I have not had on the show before, so there's, I feel like in this summer, there might not be any repeat guests. I think it's all new guests all through the summer. Anyway, I hope you all have a lovely week, and tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And don't forget to support the show on Patreon or PayPal if you like it, because that's what keeps the lights on. There's this guy who keeps on threatening to turn my lights off. The fuck's up with that guy? Thanks for Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.